Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What up, Fightful friends and family, and welcome to another edition of Fightful Wrestling Roundtable. I'm your host, Shaquille Mattery of CBS Sports, but you don't come for me. You come for that expertly curated, wonderfully organized, sometimes very convenient when everyone's in-house, panel of experts and who do we have a special all fightful edition this week you're gonna see you guys gave me a lot of effort of trying to be like okay this person works here this person works here denise salcedo works for 15 places which one am i going to mention but it's a fightful reunion today first and foremost to my right will washington how's it going my man it is going great love talking with these guys so i'm i'm happy i'm excited especially to to let loose on the takes Sean's, Sean's not here. Tuesdays are his day off, so no holds barred. Say whatever we feel like. Speaking of which, she who has the most salacious takes in all of pro wrestling. <laughs> Perhaps. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Okay, Elizabeth, how's it going? I mean, I tried to give Sean Fridays off too, but I'm doing well. It's fun. We're all part of the same uh, ecosystem at Fightful, but I don't always get to to jive with the the two other gentlemen on the stream the three other gentlemen that are here so i'm very excited to be here today and who is she throwing shade at probably me or i never know the groom to be on the heels of his big wedding day and is he prepared for it not by the sounds of it jeremy lambert how's it going my dude i'm good but people get days off around here sean gets days off i don't get any days off what, what is this? I don't even get my wedding day off. I'm going to be writing articles, really? I'm going to be writing Drew McIntyre no. articles like while, while getting prepared, I'm sure. So I, I don't understand what this day off bit is all about. Can someone please help me get a day off around here? Mr. No hey, I'm trying to add more days. I'm up to five <laughs> podcasts now, so I don't know. Well, fill in, man. Yeah, write guys. some news, okay. Will. Write some news. <laughs> all right, guys. Okay. Transcribe some interviews. Are you seriously working on your wedding day? I guarantee you there will be a post with my name on it on my wedding day. I've already joked about this with with the with the fiance of like she's like you're going to be up until uh like 5 a.m. on Thursday or 
Friday morning. Cause technically I'm taking off that Friday. Like you're going to be up until like 5am on Friday, just like scheduling stuff for that week you're off. Right. And I'm like, yeah, hundred percent. So yes, my name will be on the website on my wedding day as an article writer. Well, that is for certain. What isn't for certain, man, I, I will say one of my favorite things about the sort of triple H era of WWE has been the lack of spoon feeding. It feels like they're letting things breathe. They're letting you sort of work out where storylines are going. And I think there is no better example than a little QR code that was spotted in the background of a otherwise mundane theory, chilling backstage segment. Uh, this QR code for those who maybe missed Monday's episode of Raw, you scan it, it takes you to this white rabbit website. There's a game of hangman, uh, illusions of the word demon. And people can't help but wonder, along with some other hints that have been getting kind of dropped during live events, is the fiend Bray Wyatt on his way back to WWE? My first question, um, is this basically a shoe-in for you guys that The Fiend is coming back? Will? I think it's pretty much a guarantee that's who this is. I can't see what else it could be. Um, I know that's what the talent very much thinks it is. Uh, but as Sean reported on Fightful Select, uh, talent or the company's being very tight-lipped about it. So uh, I, I don't know for real, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, Bray Wyatt. I mean, is, is there anything, Kate, it could be other than Bray Wyatt that wouldn't be like an absolute flop for the fans? Uh, nothing that is could be anything other than an absolute flop if it's not him. I think the, the possibility of it being carrying Cross, kind of capitalizing on that, that Lucha Underground persona, it, it's tough. I feel like Bray Wyatt's kind of the new CM Punk in that he's the biggest free agent on the market. So if you're going to tease something like that and you don't follow through, it's going to be a disappointment. I kind of feel bad. I feel like Karrion Cross is handcuffed regardless because either he becomes like spooky gimmick number three on the roster between Judgment Day and Bray Wyatt, or it's him and everybody wanted somebody else. So I think that's kind of rough because you kind of brought him back as, as a main talent, but this has to be Bray Wyatt or I, I think it's a bust unless it's something completely out of left field that nobody's thought of, but he's the, the biggest name that's out there right now. Um, so I, I think it's got to be him if you're going to make such a heavy-handed allusion to it. Uh, I think you're all overlooking Kane, the big red machine coming back to uh, cleanse the world of the woke. What about <laughs> Justin Gabriel? I mean, he was a white bunny rabbit for a long time. Jeremy, convince me that it's not Kane. It's T-Bar. You can't spell white rabbit without T-Bar. It's just a fact. So, how did you, how did you come to this conclusion? Because I'm, I'm a genius, Shaq. That's how I came to this conclusion. That's how. I don't think I need to say anything more than that. It's T-Bar. They're repackaging somebody. That's that's going to be the big thing here. It's not Bray Wyatt. It's it's going to be you know just a big repackage. What if it's Roderick Strong? This is give him like some some real charisma personality gimmick to sink himself into. That's who. That's who it's going to be. It's going to be a repackage gimmick. You guys are crazy for this Bray Wyatt stuff. Absolutely crazy. So so, so Jeremy, humor me for a moment. Um... Bray Wyatt, obviously, from his departure, uh, you have to imagine AEW had interest 
Bray seems to have gone off and done so. Oh, Will, not not even for a moment. You didn't think it even crossed their minds. Uh, I think it like mildly crossed their minds, but I think they didn't see a place for him on the roster. Yes, I think that is fair. Um, there's something you want to tell me, Will. <laughs> not, not entirely. He just did. He just did. <laughs> I did. He, he I said as much as I could tell. Okay, yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, you, point being, you have to imagine there was outside interest. That you saw reports of impact. Uh, he kind of took a different route, a little bit of foray into horror and films. Do you think? Two questions, and I'll, I'll kind of open this one to the floor. One, uh, is this a byproduct of timing or of Triple H? taking control of the programming and two where does bray wyatt fit into wwe right now do we go the fiend route do we revert to the old bray wyatt or do we see something new i know there's a lot to unpack there but whatever sort of sparks the imagination i'm gonna open up the floor here i will go since i was told not to or to humor shack like i don't just bring humor all the time to these things uh i do think it was triple h and kind of the regime change i thought bray would kind of always be back in wwe even with if vince was still there i thought they'd set differences aside since it seemed like they had some pretty big differences just because he didn't really fit in what aew was going for and then anywhere else that he was gonna go it would be on such a smaller scale that i don't think he wanted that for himself part like he wasn't going to impact they they probably welcome all of his stuff but too low level for him and like control your narrative sure no uh so i thought he'd always be back in wwe just because if he was going to do anything wrestling related just because that over the top style is exactly where where he fits in and as far as it, it the fiend something new i think it'll be a mix of kind of different stuff i think there will certainly be fiend elements but bray has always done well in introducing new elements new characters new concepts to his character so i think that is what what will happen here is we might see a little bit of the fiend but we will see some other maybe callback stuff and also some new creative inventions from from bray wide and as triple h said in the interview with ariel hawani is like he's very all over the place he'll have an idea five minutes and then five minutes later he'll come back with a different idea and it is up to triple h assuming it is him and not t-bar to kind of rein that in and, and package that all in one box-like structure. I love it. <laughs> we're going to keep Jeremy. I don't have to follow up with that. We're, I'm we're not, so good at this. It's, it's, it's crazy how good I am at this. You're so great at this. I'll piggyback off of what Jeremy was saying. Wait, someone. I, I think <laughs> it is largely regime change because I don't actually think the timing is ideal. I... um didn't think until we saw the most recent announcement that Sasha and Naomi might be back until say Royal Rumble season because this time of year historically is not like the biggest and best for WWE programming and the past few years it's been a complete throwaway they haven't even cared about Survivor Series at all so I thought why would you come back now why would you waste that pop especially on the back of all of these other pops, unless you are really excited about the creative that you're going to dive back into, you're really enthused about jumping back into the loop. So I thought they would have saved this maybe for a day one type thing. You're starting him with a new slate, things like that. Um, I'm very curious to see what happens to Alexa Bliss here. And I am a little concerned, and this might also just be my aversion to over-the-top spooky characters in general aren't generally for me, but you have Judgment Day, 
You have Joe Gacy yeah. doing whatever he's doing on NXT. Is Alexa Bliss rejoining this thing? You have Karrion Cross. So, like, how are we going to balance out um, an oversaturation of these kind of gimmicks? I think it's something that they have to be very aware of. But I don't think the timing was great at all. Um, I think they're making it great because he's such a, a big force to be reckoned with. And I agree he doesn't fit in in maybe an AEW. And I don't think Impact has the financial wherewithal to keep someone like him and make the investment they would need to. One thing WWE does extremely well, spectacle. Bray Wyatt is spectacle 100%. And I think it'll be kind of like Jeremy was saying as far as probably a little bit of who he was, but an evolution in that way. I think he's someone you kind of let do his thing and get out of the way with a little bit because he's clearly kind of in the the same way as Malachi Black reads to me, like has a very clear vision. I think sometimes it's best just to get out of the way and let people like that execute. Yeah. I Will, did you? Yeah, I was just going to say, because I agree with a lot of what Kate said there. Um, you know, one of the last things that we heard about from, uh, as far as The Fiend was concerned, involved in WWE television was uh, his feud with Randy Orton, of course. That was the last thing we saw. And one of the things Randy Orton said uh, after that feud was over is, I guarantee you, you will never see The Fiend in WWE again. And I think they're going to hold to that um, because I, I feel like, He's definitely the type to not want to rest on that. Um, he gave it its three years, and I feel like he's probably spent the last year coming up with some over-the-top uh, spooky gimmick that he's ready to unleash on the world, and somebody probably told him it's a good idea. Um, I definitely am with Kate in that I won't even use the word aversion as much as I'll just say that I think um, over-the-top spooky gimmick stink. And um, I, it's my least favorite thing in pro wrestling. And like, there's certain things Hunter does really, really well, right? Like, I think Hunter knows how to book in-ring talents to their strengths and and really show them out well. Um, and uh, and then I think he he gets really the timing of a pro wrestling show really well. And I think that's what he does best. Uh, but I think the worst stuff he's doing right now all involves Karrion Cross and uh, Dexter Loomis. And literally just the the stuff that uh, I feel like when it gets over the top and wacky, that's where wrestling can tend to lose me. And Bray Wyatt has always been like the cream of the crop with that. And I have worries that, like Kate says, uh, you may be overdoing it when it comes to having too many of these types of gimmicks in a show. Um, I, I worry about what Bray Wyatt's presence will even bring. Who's he going to feud with at this stage? And uh, the other, because I think back to The Fiend and how other than Randy Orton, who literally murdered him, nobody came out of a Fiend feud better for it. Everybody got like slaughtered by The Fiend and was way worse for it. Nobody came out of feuding with Bray Wyatt well. And so I worry about bringing this back to the fold and what they can do without making it another like totally invincible character that makes his opponents look like garbage. You know, if we can somehow, uh, I, I'll straddle the line. I, I, I am a horror fan. I don't mind when they do it well. Um, I do agree. I think we're starting to oversaturate the market here. If there is a way, I mean, I'll give them a couple of months to turn things around, but if there is a way for the fiend to come in, and I don't know if I need them to him to or sorry Bray Wyatt to come in and absorb Judgment Day, slaughter Judgment Day. I don't know. I don't know what I want out of this, 
But if there's a way, I'm happy, happy. I'm sorry, Finn. I'm sorry, Damien. I'm sorry, Rhea, Dominic. <laughs> I'm happy if Bray's return means the Judgment Day just moves on and, and becomes something else or just ceases to exist. I am so over this project, and I think all of those talents could move on to do something a little bit more interesting. Um, quick They're reminder. the goth kids from South Park. That's it. Like, that's all I think <laughs> of when I see Judgment Day. <laughs> no, honestly, I loved uh, Finn's prison Finn tweet. That was so good. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is the, the fightful chemistry that we all come for. Uh, quick reminder, guys, if you have any questions, I know, I know Sean's not here. I, I know, I know. I won't be as greedy, but I want to give some super chat donations. We'll answer your questions. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of compliments, and don't worry, I will read out those compliments because you know, no one needs their... Let me, let me tell you guys a quick story, actually, as a segue here. Uh, a friend of mine... Let me, let, me, let me put on the one shot here so I can really, really speak to the audience here. Um, a friend of mine approached me at a party recently and goes, I know someone who's obsessed with you. Now listen, I, I'm a happily engaged man, but sometimes you want the, you want, you know, you, you need the confidence boost. You want to know that you're appreciated and you're desired. And so I'm like, oh, great, great. Ego stroke, feeling good, well-dressed. It's a good day. This girl walks up to me, shout out to my friend, Marion. And she goes, you want to hear about it? I'm like, yeah, I want to hear. Crack open a beer, sit back, let the, let, the, let the goodwill come in. She goes, well, I went on this date with a guy and he knows your work. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm thrilled. This isn't what I needed today. Uh, so. It's still a high compliment, Shaq. It is. I, th- I, think, I, I think you can see the insecurities coming out. Point being, if you want to just leave me a compliment... Leave a dollar. I'll read on the compliments. I don't mind. I'm I, I'm not I'm not uh, modest enough to. I'm looking at the chat over here. I see a free compliment. I got. I'll take that one. Pay for mine. Uh, topic number two, <laughs> or you know, if you just want to ask questions, I think that's probably the best use of your money. But either way, uh, let's go. Topic number two, guys. MJF doing a little bit of a, a little bit of a media circuit. I was actually very surprised to see this. I don't know about you guys because. Uh, MJF speaks his mind. He knows how to get headlines. And while that probably is what a promotion always wants, it's been a turbulent few weeks for AEW with obviously the CM Punk, Young Buck situation, Kenny Omega. And MJF, as MJF does, says a lot. He has the shot at the world title whenever we kind of reach the conclusion of Brian Daniels and John Moxie at Wednesday's Grand Slam. It feels like AEW, uh, whether... 
on their own accord or sort of having their hand forced here by MJF is ready to pull the trigger on MJF world title run. How much does AEW success over the next few months as they sort of try and get back on track, get the ball rolling, especially now that WWE is churning out a better product, in my opinion? How much does AEW's immediate success over these next few months really hinge on them giving the ball to MJF and making him the primary source of what AEW Dynamite is on a week-to-week basis? Kate? Um, One thing that I think has always been great about AEW is I don't think it does, and that's not a detraction to MJF. I think he's going to be a wildly successful champion. But there's always a top of the card in AEW, but there's not really like a middle or lower part of the card. Some of my favorite stories are in the middle or lower part of the card. Like even with everything that was going on, Starks and Hobbs was like my favorite story in AEW. So I think because they're so stable heavy and I think because um, they're so story driven when they're doing what they do best and they're not having to pivot because of suspensions and strip titles and things like that. I think. They offer a really nice buffet of all sorts of things within pro wrestling. Some people tune in because they just want to see Dante Martin do really cool stuff. I don't blame them. That's really cool. Some people tune in for the elite. Some people are tuning in for MJF. But what I like is even though there's a lot of titles, the titles always have great stories around them and they're doing great auxiliary work outside of those titles with all the stable feuds. So I don't think it's so contingent, but what I think they need right now is structure, direction, on someone that's an incredibly reliable storyteller. And I think MJF is absolutely that guy. One of my few criticisms of Tony Khan is he's not always the best at striking while the iron's hot. And I think the iron has never been hotter with MJF, especially with everything else that's going on. There was a lot of buzz around him coming back until, of course, the media scrum. But I think he's actually done exceptionally well in these interviews. I think he's done a great job of having one foot in kayfabe and one kind of in reality. Um, strike while the iron's hot. I, I think it's a great idea to to put the title on MJF, but I will continue to assert that it was Stokely Hathaway who won the chip. He's the king of the ladder match. I don't know why MJF is getting the shot. Stokely's the one that won. So, but I do think a, a an MJF world title run will be very, very helpful to the upcoming months for AEW, but it's never felt to me like AEW has ever been contingent on one guy, even when the one guy has been leading the way. There's always other stories and things to sink your teeth into, for me. Jeremy? Let me throw some numbers at you. Let me throw some analytics, because TK loves the analytics. You know, love me for bringing this stuff up. MJF, he come back. The, the numbers have gone up. It's been great. First episode, he opened the show. That one was always going to do big numbers because it was coming off of all outs. Everyone wanted to see what the fallout was and everything, right? So he got booked in a good position there. MJF booked himself well. The Hogan, the Hogan theory right there. Come back when you know that the, the football's over, you can get the big spike right there. Credit to MJF. Second week, last week, Moxley and Sammy Guevara opened. MJF segment lost, lost viewers, right? It actually lost viewers last week so i don't think they're really contingent on him at all to you know make sure the the ratings are still high and everything they're contingent on the goat brian danielson and making sure that belt is on him and keeping it and making sure he has this fantastic run through the year 
Uh, I actually, in all seriousness, those numbers are true, by the way. I'd not just make them up and to, to do a bit. Uh, in, all, in all seriousness with MJF, though, I don't think they are fully contingent on him. And I think that while it won't like completely run off viewers and everything, if they put the belt on him and his whole act is going to take this to WWE in 2024, I think that could turn a lot of viewers away if that runs on too long. So I would be worried about how they're going to book the overall title reign if that's going to be the story and that's going to be the material from it. Well, I of, uh, shaking heads and nodding. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm always going to acknowledge the things I'm hearing, uh, but I will say that I also don't necessarily feel like anything's contingent on MJF necessarily. Um, I, I think, you know, it's obvious and I can actually say here that I can attest to the thing MJF said this past week that Warner executives are happy um, that he is back. That's, that's a fact. Um, as far as uh the program itself though is concerned like jeremy said um the the numbers actually don't really show that anything is contingent on mjf help highest rated segment of last week's show um overall viewership was the tag title match and then uh yeah the main event was actually the highest rated um as far as 18 to 49 but when you look at um what mjf brings to the show i think there is a creative aspect that people are definitely into and i think that uh it is he he does bring to the table something that people want to see, but he's bringing it in a time where um, the company is definitely going to need it just because of the fact that there was so much hype around the return of Kenny Omega, right? And now all of a sudden we're without Kenny Omega. There was so much around the return of CM Punk and uh, bringing conclusion to the title situation. And now we don't have that anymore. And so uh, luckily MJF just happened to be kind of right place right time as far as like how could they have anticipated that they would lose all of that stuff right at the time they were going to get mjf back so um he does bring some stability to the show in a in a time where people will have needed it but i do think that more than anything else like uh, the ratings are up but last week's show uh the week before the week mjf returned if you look at the quarters they were up and down and then they lost a whole bunch toward the end last week's show i think was more based around um i don't know what possessed them to do it i've asked around no one's really told me but they did a whole lot of video packages in last week's show and they um pretty much every match had uh, an opening video package going into it it almost felt like a pay-per-view in a sense and i do think that had a lot to do with helping retain viewership in a way where you know they always say AEW is very much a variety show right where you get a a feud and then all of a sudden you move on to the next segment that has nothing to do with the last feud and you're probably not going to address that feud again and sometimes that can make people go eh, well i don't care about this because i don't even know what's going on here and i think giving people a reason to stay tuned in helped with last week's program i think just running a tighter ship and i think the last two shows have really done that will do more than just having mjf back certainly i think um this sort of strategy that they had early on about giving wrestlers off seasons and sort of rotating in characters was really exciting at fresh at first but at some point i think we ran into a problem where people were coming off highs and then just disappearing and i think Wardlow coming off obviously the circumstances for him beating mjf weren't uh, were kind of overshadowed by the mjf drama but man to see him go from 
having so much fan support to sort of just kind of being regulated to like title defenses on Rampage was sort of disappointing to see. So to your point, guys, I'm very excited to see this tighter ship, a little bit more continuity, a little bit more threading of the needle. I think it's going to go a long way. Uh, One last point I want to make, though, if I can. MJF should absolutely be any company's brand ambassador because the stuff he was doing the last two days phenomenal stuff um you know i think he was everybody turning, i yeah sorry to interrupt will i saw so many comments from mma fans praising that mjf interview and these are fans who for the most part their immediate gut reaction is turn it off if it's pro wrestling i don't want it everyone was hooked from what i saw he he does a phenomenal job and he does a great job while keeping himself in character, putting himself over. But the thing he was doing most of all was he was putting the company over in ways he hadn't done before, but he's finding in character ways to do it. And that was just beautiful stuff to watch it lay out. And uh, I thought he did a great job avoiding any of the topics that he needed to avoid. It was just great stuff. I think, honestly, there's nobody I would put out there more at this point now than MJF to do what he does. Now, guys, before we move on to topic number three, uh, Sean Ross Sapp is here in spirit in one of those pre-taped vignettes that Will was going on about. Uh, I don't know what it's about. I, we won't be able to, you and I, the four of us, won't be able to hear it. So we'll play it, and uh, I'm sure that Sean Ross Sapp gets money for it. Be right back, everyone. We're hitting the end of summer, start of fall, wedding season is going on. But despite all that champagne you're going to be drinking, you can look forward to brunch the next day because you can have Z-Biotics with you. You can get in your daily workout and all that stuff the next morning. But up until recently, if you have a few drinks the day before, that wasn't going to happen. Now you can drink Z-Biotics before any alcohol and know you're going to be able to stick to your routine. You can bounce back the next day without any issues. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle through rough mornings and drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Z-Biotics, however, produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it the most. Just remember to drink Z-Biotics before drinking alcohol and drink responsibly and get a good night's sleep for your best tomorrow. And how about this? We're going to get you a great deal. To get Z-Biotics and try it for yourself, go to zbiotics.com slash Fightful and get 15% off your order when you use Fightful at checkout. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee, money-back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, hit up Z-Biotics. I'll give you your money back. You got nothing to lose except for, you know, that bummer of a next day. Zbiotics.com slash Fightful. Easy to win over that Kathy Hensler, let me tell you. <laughs> we are back on the air, and I'm glad. <laughs> that made it. <laughs> Great timing. Behind the scenes. Perfect. Uh, shout out Perfect. to Kate's mom. And shout yeah, out shout mom. out to Kate's mom. And shout out to mom Washington, rules. ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, 
right. Uh, I'm not getting those kind of compliments. Uh, except shout out to Ashton for the kind words. Okay, guys, let's get on track here. Uh, topic number three. Crown Jewel has its main event set. The undefeated, undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns taking on the most deserving challenger in WWE history. Hey, Sean, we already read your ad. Get out of here, man. Uh, Logan Paul, guys. Two matches in undefeated. To be fair, also undefeated. Undisputed YouTube megastar. Logan Paul, Roman Reigns to headline WWE Crown Jewel. They did a whole Las Vegas-style press, press conference for it. Um... Really, this pay-per-view should be called Money in the Bank because we know how WWE is funding their whole year of activities through these Saudi Arabia shows. Uh, I think we've kind of come to expect that these excursions are almost like 50% not canon. It's almost like a filler episode. You just put on some fun stuff, make a boatload of money, get back. Logan Paul Roman Reigns, brilliant or a dud? I'm going to start with you this time, Jeremy. It's brilliant. Anybody who thinks otherwise is a fool. As you said, Logan Paul undefeated. Beat the Mysterios. Dominic doesn't really count, but Rey Mysterio, a legend, defeated him at WrestleMania. Defeated the Miz at SummerSlam. Do you know who the Miz last defeated? Miz, by the way, undefeated for years at SummerSlam. Do you know who he has also held victories over at SummerSlam? Everyone's hero, mine included, Brian Danielson, has a victory over him at SummerSlam. But Logan Paul defeated The Miz at SummerSlam. Went went to a draw against Floyd Mayweather. Not even the big show can claim that. Yes. So I don't understand why people are mad at Logan Paul gets this title match here. Brings in a ton of viewers. But his podcast, they got like 4 million subscribers and like 2 million people watch that show. Like the subscriber to watch ratio is outstanding for his podcast. Brings in a ton of eyeballs. He's great. His, his promo, his promo on what at Friday, it was great. The press conference was great. Roman was fantastic during that. This is a big fight. Sometimes you just got to book money for fights everybody like sometimes you just gotta throw you can't even throw the rankings out the window because logan paul's undefeated but it's he earns a title shot because he's ranked high enough it's a money fight i don't understand the issue here what is people's problem with this you're all fools if you disagree all right uh do we have any fools among us kate will (laughs) (laughs) you go will not shocking not shocking by the way Well, everybody plays the fool sometimes, and I guess that'll be me this time. Uh, Look, I get it. I get all of the financial implications. I get all of the buzz. I I don't personally know much Logan Paul content, but I I know of Logan Paul content enough to know that he is a draw, that he brings eyes. I have friends who sent me literally after his SummerSlam match, Somebody sent me just this Instagram compilation of all of his moves. And they're like, whoa, Logan Paul does all of this. This is somebody who doesn't watch wrestling at all. Um, And so I get the eyeballs it brings. Uh, But I also recognize to me that as a viewer invested in WWE programming, it's already bad enough that the world champion is not a full-time competitor. But... I can usually live with that if the person challenging him 
at least comes from the show I'm watching. And so when I have to deal with this idea that literally the show I'm watching means nothing at this point, if the ultimate goal, the ultimate prize, the world championship is essentially held between two people who aren't tied to the show I watch, that's a problem. And I felt that way with Brock Lesnar just kind of coming in and getting a shot. And it's like, what am I invested in this show for if that's how we're going to continually do this? Um, I, I think there's a place for Logan Paul and I feel like he can even, um, I, I feel like we could have even gotten here in time, but I think jumping here immediately, uh, just showed me how little foresight there is with things like this. And especially cause like he's, he's signed, you can, you can do other things to get us here, but I just felt like it was an immediate uh, knee-jerk reaction to this idea of hey he's got buzz and we've got this big money show coming up and we have to pay him for this big money show so let's just do the world title match here right now I actually like the press conference I thought Roman was especially phenomenal Logan not so much but Roman was great and uh, I think the elements work I even think the match will probably be at the very least a spectacle but this is just more of that kind of not for me stuff and it's not for me. Washington, full confirmed. I can't use a shot. I'm half the full. I can't believe Will didn't think I am the table as the greatest <laughs> lineman save <laughs> press conference history. But I'm I'm half and half on this. I'm in the business sense. It it in the business world it makes total sense. Creatively, it's terrible. <laughs> business world, I get it. I think it's a foregone conclusion that we were going to get this match eventually which is my first issue because it shouldn't be a foregone conclusion but it is and if you're gonna do it doing it at the Saudi show which um to your point is like half canon half not is probably a good place to do it I'd rather see this than than Goldberg for the 97th time like that's for sure but at the same time you just brought back three people that and maybe four by the time we we go to Saudi Arabia here that are brand new, fresh challengers for Roman. You could have put Gargano, you could have put Braun Strowman, you have Karrion Cross. Like there's all these people that you you absolutely could have built up. I see, I see Jeremy shaking his head over there and it's upsetting because I agreed with him that Hook should have been number one in PWI. That was a, that's a clear, clear <laughs> shot right there. Um, but this, I creatively, I think it's terrible. And I think it's, you know, I, I think stuff like this is always a slap in the face to the people in your locker room. Like, I understand that it's a scripted show and that the title's not real, but this is the thing that they're supposed to be chasing. This is the thing that they dreamed of. Now some YouTube nerd is coming in and just because he beat Dominic Ray Mysterio, wow. Um, and the Miz. <laughs> and the Miz. Double Grand Everybody Slam beat the Miz. Andrew Double Fla- Grand Slam Floyd champion. I, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I beat the Miz at one point. Um, it, it's, Creatively, it, it, I think it sucks, but I think the match will be fine. I, I get it from the promotional aspect. I get it from the Prince Wanda aspect. I think it's way better than trotting out um, legends to get that pop. Like this at least feels fresher and newer in that respect, but you just brought back Gargano Cross. You're going to probably be bringing back Bray. You got Braun. Like I felt like the complaint with Roman was that he actually did go through everyone now you brought a whole slate of competitors back and you're not going to do anything with them. So I just think it kind of stinks, but um, 
I, I understand it from the business aspect. That part I think is pretty undeniable. Well, yeah, because you have the, the the money side of things, right? Like we talked about, uh, we had this conversation on Grab City this week where um, we talked about how uh, it, it's, you know, we you talk about the marquee names for uh, for things like Crown Jewel, for any of the Saudi shows. And those shows bring in the most money. It, they just do. Um, you look at WWE's books, it's like not even close. And so obviously you're going to use Logan Paul, who you're also paying an incredible amount of money to, you're going to pay him with uh, the show that brings in the most money. Because as I joked about, if you put him at a house show in Des Moines, Iowa, like Logan Paul literally eats the entire gate. So at the very least. No, that rules. Uh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I get using him where you're being paid the most money so that you're kind of offsetting where you're paying your most expensive guys. Fully get that side of it. But yeah, like Kate said, just creatively do something else, like anything else. Yeah. I'm, I also, oh, so oh, sorry, Kate. Oh, I was just going to say, I also feel like that's a waste when you double up on pops like that, like Logan Paul versus someone else and Roman Reigns versus someone else. I feel like those are two money making opportunities and you kind of smush them into one, which seems silly to me. Uh, speaking of silly, Jeremy, uh, have we deemed Kate a fool? Yes, Kate Elizabeth confirmed full. Let me set everybody straight here. A famous man once tweeted, gotta strike while the iron is hot. Hashtag GSP Silva. Hashtag Silva Jones. Hashtag super fights. Those super fights never happened because they did not strike while the iron is hot. That is what they are doing in WWE. Triple H learned from that. He learned that, oh, we can, we can maybe wait. What if somebody gets injured? What if something else happens? <clears throat> no, you got to strike while it's hot. They got Logan Paul right now. Go for it. Book it while it's there in front of you. That is what they are doing here. Don't understand why you want them to hold off the biggest match they can possibly do. Second, oh, it should be somebody else. It should be Braun. Who's he beaten? Huh? Who's he beaten over the last year? Oh, it should be Gargano. Who's he beaten? The narrative. Who? The narrative, man. I guess. Who are, who are these people? beating it should be bray he's not even back it's t-bar i've told you this will you're saying oh it, it insults me because i do not he's not on the product we did you not watch the two biggest shows of the year he won on both of those shows <laughs> he's doing just fine some people are i attractive. watched the show week MJF, to week mjf is an attraction he doesn't have to wrestle every single week it doesn't need to appear on the show every week it's a big deal when he is there that is what happens with people like logan paul and like mjf they're attractions people in other companies they're not on the show week to week they're on those youtube shows that get way less views than logan paul's podcast and they're getting title shots they're getting title shots this week will we need to talk about this like, wait who's getting a title shot that's on youtube every week diamante diamante's getting oh, yeah, she's right. on youtube okay. every week <laughs> that's true <laughs> does like one tenth the viewership of logan paul's podcast so let's not Just say that it probably more i can't even say one tenth but <laughs> I meant, well, you I'm know what? So I'm gonna throw to out you know you're throwing out quotes from people, Jeremy. I'm gonna throw out a quote, and it's from the band, the main ingredient from their 1972 single, "Everybody Plays the Fool," and we played the fool. You, at least you admit it. At least you admit that you are fools, and that Logan Paul, this is what should happen. You tried to throw out these other names of who deserves it and all this stuff. Nobody else deserves it. That's not their fault that they can't win these high-profile matches like my guy Logan Paul. 
everybody. I, I, I wanted so badly to put the one shot on Jeremy and, and give this man the credit he's due, but Should. I couldn't I couldn't pass the opportunity to show Kate and Will's face through that whole tirade. <laughs> um okay, as 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 an as the impressionable person that I am, uh and as I was looking know, for a Pokemon card, but I don't have it. SpongeBob card. Like Logan Paul, we got our cards and our lanyards. As a, as the as the least dedicated, I mean, I watch the programming week to week, but as someone who whose coverage of pro wrestling is like tertiary, if even that, on sort of the list of week to week priorities, I'm, I'm I'm an impressionable soul here. So let me let me let me let me tell you guys where I'm at after hearing all these uh, passionate takes. Um, coming from a lot of MMA coverage. The forget who's entitled to what, it doesn't matter who's going to make us the most money thing, uh, is my day-to-day life. So I am begrudgingly accepting of that at all points. I really like what Will said about the dedication to the week-to-week programming. Like, what are you as a consumer getting out of the experience if it's not really going to mean anything at the end of the day? Um, same with Kate about sort of splitting, you know, why have one big header when you could do a double header sort of deal. Where I think Jeremy has won me over, though, and it's actually something Kate said. Kate mentioned how, you know, we could have naturally gone to this. I don't know if that's true. I don't think Logan Paul signing a contract means he's going to be on the road week to week ever. Will he ever, no matter how many matches he's in, is he really going to shake off the stigma of, even when he wins, he's winning because he's a YouTuber with a big following, right? Like, he didn't beat The Miz because he's a better, more deserving wrestler than The Miz. He beat The Miz because that's best for business. So if we're never going to get a believable payoff to Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul, to Will's credit, let's just throw it on this crown show and get it out of the way. I think I think that's where I'm at. I don't know that there's ever a light at the end of this tunnel that's going to be much better than just getting it over with at Crown Jewel. Jeremy, am I a fool? You're like a half fool. Will, am I a fool? No exception to the rule. <laughs> Everybody plays the fool. You're worse than a fool. You're a casual. I'm a casual. I'll take a casual. I'll take a casual. That's fine. I've been only watching since I was four years old. But, you know, I, I got I to gotta admit my shortcomings here, guys. I got other things. In the, I got other stokes in the fire here. Um, okay. All the coals in the fire. Not Stokely Hathaway. All right, guys. Uh, let's finish up here. I did want to get to this as a topic, but I think we'll go to the Q&A. So I just want to know very quickly. Uh, nothing. There's two things in this world that have hurt me. Tony, I'm looking at you. One, I was so happy. I, l- let me put the let me put the one shot back in myself. Guys, I was so happy the Death Triangle won the trios title. I I think they should have won it from the get go. To have them turn around on like a week's notice or four days notice or whatever it was and lose a tag team match broke my heart. Can you guys just let these guys win? They're so damn good. Number two. Malachi Black. I was so excited. I know I know Will's not for the spooky dookie. I was so excited for what House of Black had to offer. I thought the presentation was awesome. I thought the talent in there was so good. Unfortunately, it didn't come to pass. Very quickly, guys. I want to keep these short. Who on the AEW roster, um, who's maybe not on the hottest streak right now, sorry, who on the AEW roster are we most worried about that we really, really think should be getting a chance to run with the ball? 
and I'll, I'll open this to whoever kind of has an answer first. Uh, I'll say he, he's gotten more of time now in the last couple of weeks, but I think he's been drastically underused basically since signing, and that's Ethan Page. Why? Really good answer. Yeah. Why? He's got the tightest tits in the game. Uh, Dean, that's why. Push people with tight tits. What does Tony Khan have against tight tits? <laughs> I'm gonna say uh oh sorry I didn't I no, 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 whoever, like call, calling the rotations. I would say either uh Miro or Andrade. I think Miro is a matter of time. I think Andrade is kind of like we've gotta get him on a, a tried and true trajectory here. Well uh I guess I'll agree with the idea of Miro. Um he's the one that I do feel it's tough, right? Because uh, it's like he was in a good spot uh, going into his injury, of course. And then, then he went off film the CBS show um, and the like, and it just feels like they haven't really found the place to fit him back in yet. Now I say all this and he could win the battle Royal this week. Right. And then suddenly be like Brian Danielson's first challenger. And I'll be like, Oh my God, I want to see Brian versus Miro. Um, but he was just doing so well at this point last year that uh, I want to see more of what he was doing before. Um, yeah, that's my immediate answer because, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I also know that he couldn't be any happier right now having to work once a month and getting paid what he was getting paid at WWE. Like who could complain? Uh, but I don't know. That's, that's my answer. Okay. I know it's going to come off a little odd considering he's like the first active double champ in AEW history, but I, I, I will take this to my deathbed. I will not be satisfied until Pac has like a top tier program. It's great that he's got the trios title. It's great that he's got the all Atlantic belt, but like if he's going to just go and defend stuff on promotions outside of AEW, as, as the group casual here, that does nothing for my viewing entertainment. Please, please. It looked so promising at first with like the Kenny Omega match and just just you know, he's so good. Guys, well, so you know, good. there was the the hard thing is I don't know all the details of what changed, but of course there was stuff to that, right? Like Pac was uh at the beginning of AEW, he was looking to move to the United States and he was like in the process of buying a home and then all of a sudden that all went up in smoke with a pandemic and so he has to travel back and forth and all that. And because he's never here consistently, they haven't been able to give him a consistent program because he's like here one week and then uh, he has to fly back for two weeks and then come back two weeks after that. So we don't see him that often. And I feel like the all Atlantic title was like their way of making good on that of like, okay, we don't have him every week. So here, we're just going to give him something to represent AEW elsewhere. And uh, I think it worked those first couple of defenses, but since then, I don't know. What are we getting out of that? Well, you've already been yeah. deemed a fool. It's too late for logic. A sound as <laughs> just, I, I don't know how I'm going to get it, but just give me a proper pack run here. I, I just, I need it. Okay, guys, let's go to some Q&A to finish this off. Uh, it, it's been so much fun. Keeps rolling on. A uh, shout out to Graham B, who just says MJF3 on wrestling. Chef's kiss. Shout out, Tej. Uh, moving on, where are these compliments? Guys? There we go. Fightful Roundtable is a beautiful thing. Hey, RH, you're a beautiful person. Thank you so much for doing that. All right, we got a question. D 
Dio Loki says, if Judgment Day is no more, what do those guys do? Rio will be fine, but do we go back to Smiling Finn, LOL? Um, what is your... <laughs> Will's not smiling. What <laughs> is your best case scenario? Since they seem to think Rhea's going to be okay, let's say for, for uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor should Judgment Day split up. Like, what's the direction you guys would want them to go? Finn Balor under Triple H as a heel did like his best work ever. Like he's the guy I'd be the least worried about with Hunter having the book. Um, it's more Damien who I guess he, he would be kind of the only one I'd be, uh, no Dominic. Uh, and that would imply that I'd be worried because like, I don't know. I don't want to see Dominic, but, um, I think Damien is really the one I would be the most worried about really just because of the fact that uh he he was doing okay as a babyface um going into this year uh it didn't really feel like people were all that invested in him but it also you know this was under Vince McMahon I don't know what what Hunter's strategy for him would look like but Finn Finn is the guy you can definitely kind of bank on being all right I think they're all going to be okay because, yeah, Finn was great in NXT under Triple H. Triple H loved Damian Priest in NXT as well. There's the, you know, the the hot tub point photo and everything. So I think Damian Priest would be he'd be good in like a, a mid card role. Uh, you know, feuding with like Lashley if they if they want to go that route, something like that. He'd be fine. Rhea should win every single title and then make Dominic carry all of them for her <laughs> and you know do what they want to do with those belts. I gotta, you know, I gotta feel. Maybe you guys have a little bit more insight into this than I do. Like, I I understand the frustration or sort of the malcontent for Dominic Mysterio on the main roster run. Um, like, is he really to blame though? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We don't. We don't. We don't blame the. Like, I don't know how he got into. I blame his system. father to tell you the truth because well, he let him do this business. This is what I'm saying. I mean, he realized how he should have known you, it wasn't like, good. You know, like, do you think there's a lot of honesty happening about, you know, behind the scenes about like how much Dominic Mysterio were getting TV on TV this early into his career? Oh, the watch, problem is it's like early into tape. his. <laughs> yeah, it's like early into his career, but he is what two years older than Rey Mysterio was when he had that match with Eddie Guerrero that like he and MJF <laughs> are the same age mm, I see. I see. some I see. people just they're not built for this and Dominic <laughs> he's built to be dominated he's great as Rhea's sub it's fine it's good Rhea seems happy with it is mommy Rhea uh she get she's getting what she wants out of it but Dominic he's just not very good he's better off he should wear he should wear a mask and Rhea should tow him around, and he stays silent. That should be what he does. That's the best use. Everybody I, wants Dominic. Everybody wants – you want to put him in a mask. He wants to carry – he shouldn't wear Ray's mask. That would be defecating on Ray Mysterio's legacy to put that mask on him. But wear a mask – you know, everyone knows like a you know mask. mask I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to say it, but thanks for saying it, Jack. You wear yeah. that mask. I'm only here once a month, whatever. Walk around, and it'd be good. That's the best use of Dominic. It doesn't even have to be Dominic under the mask he doesn't have to show up i don't care no one will know because he's not going to talk just pay him it could be somebody else under the mask whatever they could just say it's dominic i would say 97 percent of my criticisms are at creative direction and not talent but when i start to see a complete lack of growth 
and what feels like, what reads like a lack of pride in your own work, uh, then I, it does become critical because at some point it has to fall to the responsibility of the performer. I think I, it's pretty much only been him, Aaliyah, and Von Wagner that I am have been kind of like actively like, where is the redeeming thing that means they are main roster quality professional wrestlers? If you want to put them in level up, you want to put them on NXT, which I also have to cover. Um, that's one thing. But what I need to see is some something that reads on television as effort. I don't think it's helped that Dominic Mysterio was wearing Rey Mysterio as a backpack on the way to the ring and treated like a 16-year-old when he's a 25-year-old, 26-year-old man. That's ridiculous. Um, so that's my frustration with Dominic Mysterio. Ben Balor will be fine. Uh, Damian Priest will be fine. And I give Triple H a lot of credit because the mid-card feels like it means something again. And so that rebuild has made it seem like something other than the bloodline matters on the show. Um, because all of the gold outside of those mid-cards is, is mid-card titles is centralized to that storyline, right? So um, it's very important that those feel important to me as a fan. So those are, I think, great places for Finn. Like Finn versus Gunther, let's go all day. <laughs> uh, shout out to Gunther. Uh, question for Will and Kate very quickly. Would you exchange three months of Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns pay-per-view headliners with very little week-to-week storytelling. And in return, no more Dominic Mysterio. Oh, that... Ah. This is a weird answer. It depends on what three months. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what I thought it was going to depend on at all. Um, if it's October, November, December, where nothing matters, I don't care. If it's like oh, Royal no, no, Rumble, no, 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 we're, we're going into a WrestleMania season. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're talking yeah, Royal Rumble. Headline WrestleMania. Then, uh, then no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely just want Dominic to get better. Yeah, that's yeah, all. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, important. I don't want to get rid of him. I, I have seen guys uh, turn it around late in their careers we've seen guys who've gotten late starts in their career look at batista right like batista did no absolutely somebody mute will washington for comparing (laughs) dominic mysterio to batista no look batista what what uh, granted he got into the business late um he, he so that's a little bit different he still got it quickly um but like ddp was also somebody who got into it late right i don't know if uh, I, I could look up 10 years from now and be like, hey, remember those weird like first three years of Dominic Mysterio's wrestling career where he stunk? Like, I hope one day that's the conversation we have about it and not, man, Dominic Mysterio sure was David Flair part two. That's not what I want to see. I want Dominic Mysterio to have a good, I want everybody to have a good solid wrestling career. I recognize it's not going to happen to everybody, but I just want, can't we all just have fun? Yes. You know what? I like that positivity. I'm not even going to let Jeremy bleed into this anymore. I want to end on here, guys. We'll get you out of here. Uh, sorry, Dominic Mysterio. We, we wish you the best. Uh, I would like from everyone, very quickly, their favorite thing going on in wrestling today. Whoever's got an answer. This week. This month. This what, what, what may, when you wake up in the morning, you think wrestling. What makes you go, yeah. 
Logan Paul Scissor versus Roman Reigns. Daddy ass. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Yeah. I mean, selfishly, I'm going to Grand Slam, so that's like my favorite thing this week. But the the Starks Hob story is probably my favorite thing for a lot of reasons. I just love what's happening, but I feel like we're watching them be breakout stars in front of our eyes. And while I think Ricky Starks probably should win the feud, it kind of doesn't matter because I think when pro wrestling's at its best, both guys win, even though even the loser wins, right? Like, so that right now is my favorite thing, I think. Scissor me daddy ass, so also right there. Yes, I will. I will be, <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that. Um, for my part, I'm just going to say effort. As someone who has to cover SmackDown every week for work, I'm really enjoying that they're putting some effort into things. It, it, like, little things. I go on about this every month. Camera sequencing. Like, you'll see continuity in storytelling, in visual components, teasers. They're taking things slow. They're letting it breathe. It makes me happy. It's a good way to kick off my weekend. Guys, that is all the time we have for today. I want to leave you wonderful panelists. Kate, did you not say something? You said something. No, Jeremy didn't say his favorite thing. He did. He was yelling about Logan Paul Roman Reigns. Oh, okay. My bad. That's why it's confusing. You're like, yeah, I agree. I'm like, wow, we really won her over over the course of 15 minutes. (laughs) All right. For everything that is good and Logan Paul Roman Reigns in this world, I'm going to do my part right now, leave you lovely people with the last word. Uh, Thank you guys for checking this out. If you haven't already, I'm sure you have. But if you're a weird straggler, it's time. Make the commitment. Make the plunge. Subscribe to Fightful Pro Wrestling. Check me out at Shaq Wrestling. A little slow these last couple weeks. we got lots of interviews. Backlog, The Undertaker, Malachi Black. Sad. Uh, Tony Khan. Lots of great stuff on that channel. Liv Morgan. Uh, Austin Theory. Still getting used to these people with their first names back. Um, yeah, go check those out. That'd be great. Will, we'll go, down the, we'll go down in order here. Will, please let the people know where they can find your work. Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter. I am William RBR. Most of the stuff I do usually happens on this Fightful channel, youtube.com slash Fightful every Thursday. I host Day After Dynamite. Uh, I also host Grapsity every Saturday. Every other Thursday evening, I host uh, Ask Grapsity over on Fightful Select. So subscribe, give us your five bucks. And not only do you get great scoops, but you get to ask the members of Grapsity questions and we will answer them and talk about Power Rangers and various other things that are around my desk. Uh, and so definitely check that out. I'm also over on Denise Alcedo's channel hosting after the week every Sunday once her voice comes back. You can follow me on Twitter at Miss Kate Faith. You can catch me every Tuesday doing Sourgrass with Alex Pulaski and whatever the hell we do after NXT. I don't know what it really is. It's not a review show anymore, though. Uh, you can catch me at Mark Order Pod. Wednesdays talking all things I'll leave Fridays doing the AEW Rampage and SmackDown post show. And I will be back at commentary for Excite Wrestling. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Upstate New York on October 9th. Jeremy. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter. Everyone, please follow at fight talk underscore. That is Steven Jensen. He is fantastic. He unfortunately has to do a show with me every single Thursday here on youtube.com slash fightful called the spotlight where we talk about AEW, WWE, independence, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, that's Thursday at 9 30 a.m. In the morning, we got we got Righteous Reg on the show this week, and we've got uh, Joe Lando on the show next week. So please follow Steven Jensen because he does great work at Fight Talk underscore and go to FightfulOverbook.com where I do other stuff. And uh, we got a bunch of great contributors, uh, Haley and Kylie who do Tag Talk, uh, Karen and Matt who do the New Japan show, Scott who does the Joshi show, uh, and a bunch of Share who does the strong style, and I think Joel Pearl's unfortunately on that channel as well. But Fightful Overbooked, we got a bunch of a variety of stuff over there, guys. It's been so much fun. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today, engaged in the chat, left me some, left all of us some nice compliments. And I hope in return that you get scissored by the daddy asses in your life. Take care, everyone.